0: Welcome to Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic, where we promote integration and collaboration. Whether you are just starting your practice or you are ready to push the profession forward, we aim to provide you all the tools necessary to form relationships and educate your community. After all, spines of all sizes deserve to be adjusted. Welcome to our podcast, and thanks for listening. Hey guys, it's Dr. Katie with Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic, and in this podcast episode, we're going to talk about a very important thing that all of us struggle with, boundaries okay when you are a small business owner and especially if you do everything yourself it's very important to have some um, pretty black and white rules about what you're willing to do and what you are not willing to do but first, a quick word from our sponsors, iPoint Touch. You get up early each morning, you leave your house because you have a passion in your heart to serve the animals in your community. But it's not easy being an entrepreneur. You didn't dream about this life full of stress. When you come home, you should be at home. When you're at work, you should be at work. You shouldn't have to come home and work. You know, your passion keeps you focused on the next patient. You know, there are so many more stories of healing, and you can't wait to get started touching lives and meeting new owners. But, you know, there's not all those endless hours for you to do that admin work. So EyePoint Touch understands the passion, um, and they want to help create solutions for you. So that way you can make the impossible possible, and you can spend time touching lives and not spending endless hours doing admin work. To learn, learn a little bit more about their systems for integrative veterinary medicine, go to iPointTouch.com and schedule a time with Carmi. She's going to give you the attention you deserve, offer a guiding hand, and decrease your stress. So that way you can focus on what's Important. Hey guys, it's Dr. Katie with Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic. And in this podcast episode, I want to tell you that you're being too nice <laughs> because I've been too nice. I think it's really hard in a healthcare space, especially. And I know as a woman trying to take care of other people always, um, I find it really hard and somewhat selfish for me to say no to somebody in need, especially when there's an animal on the other side of the equation. Um, it's important to have self-care and it is important to say no to things that don't move you towards your mission. Um, because, there's gonna be a time and there's gonna be a place where somebody's gonna ask you something. And if you don't have boundaries, you're going to say yes when in reality you should say no. And there's a really good book I read. Um, it's called, I think, Boundaries. Um, and it is important for any healthcare provider, any woman really to read. Um, but it's important to consider yourself first in um, a business such as animal chiropractic, because you're your instrument. When you're working on these animals, if you don't take care of your instrument, you can't use that instrument to take care of others. So I just want to have a friendly reminder here at the beginning of this podcast that, hey, you need to take care of yourself. And this is a pot-kettle sort of situation where I have a really hard time taking care of myself. So in this podcast episode, we're going to talk about a couple key boundaries that you need to consider before starting your practice and or now as you've already started your practice (laughs) okay so the first thing um we need to talk about is a time-blocked calendar i think many people say okay i need to make this amount of money so it doesn't matter how many hours i need to work this is the number i have to make and that number of hours that you need to work should be determined first and foremost by you instead of money being your object because Money is kind of a resource that is replenishable, but time is not. So if you think about it, if you get a paycheck and say your paycheck is $5,000 a month, we're always going to get that paycheck of $5,000 a month. Like there's always going to be revenue that is replenishing itself, provided you have a good job, right? However, time, everybody has the same amount of time, right? So theoretically, your value... You know, the amount of money you make per hour can increase, right? But that time cannot increase because we're all given 24 hours a day. So it's important instead of thinking this is how much money I need to make, something that can change, we think in terms of time, something that does not change, something that's finite. So that way we can budget accordingly because you can't budget with a moving target, right? So we're going to budget with something that is finite so that way we can make a plan for ourselves. So um, I recently did what's called a time blocked calendar. Um, I think it's really important for us to um, go through an exercise like this. So that way, when we transition from being in a job to instead working for ourselves, we have an idea of what we actually want. So that way we can move towards the schedule that we want. Maybe you want to work part-time. Maybe you want to work full-time. Maybe you want to work overtime. I don't know what that number is for you. But it's important to really get concise with yourself about this is how many hours per week I see myself working because I have this many commitments to my family or to myself or, you know, whatever it may be. So in this time block calendar, I want you to get out um, a piece of paper or a calendar or something like that, and I want you to write out from 8 to 8, right? Um, By hour, okay, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, whatever it may be. And you write out all these blocks, right, of your hours per day that you have. And then I want you at the bottom to write, okay, this is what I have to do per week. And I want us to start with ourselves first. So what are the commitments to myself that I need to uphold? So maybe that's working out one hour in the morning every day. Maybe that is taking an hour at the end of every day to decompress. Maybe that is, you know, reading a book. Or maybe that is, you know, errands around the house you got to do, like go grocery shopping or pay bills or budget or spend time with your spouse, whatever it may be. How many hours per week do you want to dedicate to self-care? Go ahead and write those down. Then I want you to consider, okay, what are the admin tasks I have to do each and every day in order to move myself Uh, you know, break even first and foremost to keep up with what I'm doing. And then also move towards my mission. So if you're constantly working um, in your business, doing admin stuff, filing, returning phone calls, uh, checking up on referral forms, um, uh, scheduling, invoicing, you know, whatever the admin task is, well, you leave yourself very little time for doing things such as marketing, or meeting vets, or you know, whatever it may be. So I want you to write down Things you have to do outside of seeing patients. So for me, I blocked out two hours a week for, uh, you know, doing Facebook, Instagram marketing, making content in batches. Then I planned, um, you know, time for me to reach out to other veterinarians to schedule uh, meetings with them. And then I scheduled admin time to uh, catch up and file vet referral forms, to track my patients and their progress, who's fallen off the bus, who is still seeing me, and then also uh, time to return emails, phone calls, text messages, okay, a scheduled time for me to do that instead of me just frantically returning emails, text messages, phone calls when I can, which guilty, I do that, right, It is important to schedule a time to do that so that way it's rhythmic, it's methodical, and you get into a place where uh, I don't do that at this time. I do it at that time so that way you can be respectful of, you know, at this time I do this, Um, and you can have more of a routine about it so things get done more effectively and efficiently that way, okay? And then, oh, lastly, I also schedule myself time to reconcile accounts. So go over my QuickBooks account and make sure uh, profit, loss, um, am I on track for my goals? Okay. So if I add all those up, I scheduled two hours for marketing. I scheduled an hour to reach out to vets. So that's three hours. Then another three for admin ta- task a week, so that's six. And then two hours to reconcile accounts for the week. So that's eight hours a week that I will be working Um, in my business but not necessarily on my business right so I'm not actually working on patients at that time but I'm still doing tasks that I need to be doing to keep my business going right and then I schedule time uh, for patients around that so if you are in an office you have to consider it takes you about 30 minutes to open up and 30 minutes to close down so I want you to after you've filled in all of your personal commitments Hopefully some days off in there, right? Personal commitments and days off. Then I want you to fill in the admin stuff that you have to do. Marketing, CEO time as we call it, where you schedule those meetings. Admin and uh, reconciling accounts. See what time you have left over. And then I want you to fill in what's not there. And I want you to go ahead and make those your patient hours. So... On my calendar that I've time blocked, I only have about 18 to 20 hours a week where I am able to afford myself to do house calls. I kind of um, you know, separated my in-office versus my house call days. I'm trying to make my in-office Monday through Thursday and Friday, Saturday house call days. Um, but that may be different for you. Maybe you're only in office. Maybe you're only doing house calls. But it is important to have office hours of times so that you're actually going to be available for patients so that when somebody asks you to work on a Sunday at uh, you know, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you say, no, those aren't my office hours. Because I hate to say it, but people will walk over you if you don't uh, teach them how to be respectful of you. So for example, I had a patient who I saw on a Sunday or I shouldn't have, but I was already in the area because I already said yes to somebody else I shouldn't have. And then, um, you know, now they're going to want a house call um, for the foreseeable future on a Sunday. So I did it to myself, right? And it is important that you treat others how to treat you by what you allow. So if we keep allowing people to book outside of our office hours or to call us on a Saturday night or um, to interrupt us, Uh, while we're with family, well, then we're constantly telling them it's okay to treat me like this instead of having a policy where no, I return phone calls at this time or uh, no, I answer emails at this time. Uh, So it is important to block your calendar accordingly. So you take care of yourself and you have a regimen. So that way, uh, you know, you don't burn yourself out on dealing with the people side of the practice. Because unfortunately with animal chiropractic, I think we think it's all Uh, Puppies, rainbows, and sunshine, and it's a lot of times dealing with the owners and the vets attached to those owners, and there is still a lot of people, and it can very much burn you out. Um, Second boundary uh, we need to talk about is having a business line versus a personal line. I can't tell you how wrong I was in thinking that I should just give out my personal cell phone number to clients when I first started. And part of me was probably being frugal in that I didn't want to spend money on a second cell phone. However, there are VOP apps out there. Um, I think voice over internet something is what that stands for, VOIP. Um, There are several different systems that you can find on the internet. I personally use Google Voice, but there's other ones out there that are also HIPAA compliant. but there are systems out there that you can have a second phone line for minimal cost on your cell phone already so you don't have to pay for another phone so with that being said um Don't give people your personal cell phone number because they will abuse it. And I've had people text me on a Sunday. I have people call me at uh, 9 o'clock at night because apparently their dog has a chiropractic emergency, which sidebar, there's no such thing as a chiropractic emergency in my personal opinion because we do mostly wellness care and or maintenance care. Um, You shouldn't ever need to call me in a, you know, a crisis uh, hopefully that's a vet visit that you'll be doing instead of a chiropractic appointment but I digress there are of course some great areas uh, like acute disc problems uh, but for the most part you shouldn't have to call your chiropractor on a weekend and, and you know after hours for any number of things like go to your vet for that that's why there's emergency animal clinics right so what I'm trying to say with this is If you answer a text message or a phone call um, outside of your office hours, you are telling animal owners how to respect you and your time. And especially if you have a personal cell phone number that you give out to people um, and you answer those intermittently throughout the day when you have time, like I have, um, you're not training these people to... Uh, be respectful of your time instead if you were to have a business line or a business phone you theoretically could turn off notifications or and or turn off that phone if you have a second phone and say my business phone is off at these hours I'm not going to return phone calls uh, or text messages or emails um, so you could tangibly actually turn that off so that way you are unavailable officially to um, return those and people should know that uh, those are the hours that your phone is off so they can't reach you. So if they have an appointment on Monday and they're calling you Sunday night, well, you should charge them a no-show fee because you require 24 hours notice within your business days, right? So That's another issue entirely. So um, let's just jump right into that. Let's go into no-show fees. It is important that you have boundaries with yourself on no-show policies. And I know it gets into a gray area because uh, with human health care, um, a lot of people don't like charging no-show fees. However, most offices, if you schedule an appointment and you don't show up, you are going to have to pay a portion of that office visit. And I don't care who you are, but it is downright rude to schedule something and then not show up for an appointment that is not okay. I don't like how people nowadays are doing this. Like, if you don't want to be there, don't schedule an appointment. Just say, I'll call you. And I mean, of course, that's not good for our business, but I would rather you not commit to an appointment and take away a slot from somebody else instead of waste my time scheduling something. Because... I'm just, I basically am wearing a giant dunce hat hat and letting you disrespect me if you continually don't show up for your appointments. And especially, especially if you do house calls, um, I know a lot of horse people that take a down deposit for you traveling two or three hours out to their barn um, because if, say, you schedule your whole calendar around seeing those 10 horses at one barn and then they cancel the night before, well, that's potentially half of your month's paycheck. So just to consider for yourself before you get into the field of or into the tight spot of people no showing you or canceling, um, make sure that you have boundaries in place that know you need need to cancel 24 to 48 hours in advance or a week in advance. I don't know what the policy is, but make something that works well for you. And next on the list, uh, this is a long episode about boundaries, um, is house calls and travel fees. Um, If you are traveling to somebody, you have to be compensated well for your time. And I've discussed this at length on other podcast episodes. Um, But what are you worth per minute? So if you are worth $150 an hour, because you can see three dogs an hour, and you charge $50 a dog, right? Ideal scenario, you can see three dogs an hour, right? Well then, if you're sitting in the car for 30 minutes to get to an appointment well, then theoretically you should have charged according to that scale. So if I'm worth $150 an hour because I can see three dogs an hour, well, then I'm worth like $275 per minute. So you need to calculate how much time you're spending in the car getting to these people because every house call I say yes to, I'm saying no to two other dogs in need. So it is important that you calculate and charge appropriately for your time. And I know I had a huge mental block about this. I was like, I will not charge over $100 for a dog. I will not charge over $100 for a dog. And I kept telling myself that, that same story, uh, that same mantra, because I was in a place where I thought I wasn't worth that amount. However, if I'm driving 45 minutes for one dog, and um, they will not visit me in a location, well then, heck yes, I have to charge according to the time that I'm spending in the car, because I could have said yes to two other patients in need in the time it spent me sitting in that car. So they have to pay according, accordingly to that, okay? So, What is your house call rate? And if you don't have one, you need to decide what you're worth per hour first, what your time is worth. And then you need to um, calculate, on average, how far you travel and um, then charge accordingly for your appointments. Okay. Um, Next, I want to talk about referral forms. Um, Many of us are DCs and we are animal chiropractic certified and or we're practicing in a state with supervision laws what is your policy about how um, fast you need to see a referral form? Or what is your policy about how how much you're willing to work for that person to get a referral form for them? So let me explain this a little bit. I personally have a policy where I'm a one-woman show. I do not get your consent forms for you. That's too much work for me. I don't know if you're actually committed unless you actually do the referral forms. So I have... Tons of people calling me who say they're interested in getting their pet started. And then I explain the consent process and they're not interested in getting the paperwork done. And for that reason, I know they're not actually serious. They're not my ideal customer because if they were, they would be very interested because I do a true integrative care approach where I forward records to the vet, the massage therapist, the farrier, the dentist, whatever it may be, I want everyone involved. I want to be completely transparent. That is one of my core policies, is transparency and honesty. And if they are not interested in me being transparent with their vet that they have been working with on this animal, then I don't want them as my client. So I tell people, one, I value transparency, and I also value commitment. And you're telling me you don't share two of my top core policies by not getting that referral form done. So um, if they don't expend the effort to get their consent forms filed themselves, then I know they're not actually interested and they're not actually valuing uh, me being honest with their whole care team. Um, and that's just personally me Um, but I know some people that have people call them and they have an assistant and the assistant goes ahead and says what's your name what's your email address what's your vet's name what's your vet's email address and they send off the paperwork I personally find you know this is a waste of resources but if you want to pay someone to do that for you great Um, I just find that many animal chiropractors we're one woman show or one person show and it is not worth our time to collect leads, essentially, you know, answer phone calls, and then go ahead and send off a DocuSign-like app for the person to let it sit in their inbox and not do it, right? So, I personally would like referral forms to be done prior to scheduling an appointment with somebody. I don't want to be on a phone call with them for them to tell me their sob story about their animal, which it usually is a sob story, especially if it's a, a geriatric dog, right? So... I don't wanna to listen to their sob story and then expect me to make them an appointment when they're not willing to um, you know, share my core values and do the consent paperwork prior to scheduling with me. So it's important you have a policy yourself uh, that's congruent with your philosophy on how you wanna take care of animals in regards to your referral forms. I personally will not schedule you an appointment. I will not hold anyone an appointment. I will not reserve an appointment for anyone Unless they have their consent forms already on file. Because it is disrespectful to other patients that could get in the door. Instead of me waiting for someone who is, uh, you know, on the fence about actually getting their consent forms on file. Lastly, we need to talk about being ourselves. So, this is going to be an interesting conversation. Because I think a lot of us, um, especially those of us that work with horses, um, There are a lot of personalities in the animal world, and especially in the horse world. And I don't want anyone to become somebody else in order to just get a client. So what I'm trying to say is, if you have someone that you know is high maintenance, or you have someone that is asking you to go above and beyond for their animal, and you don't feel comfortable doing that, or you feel like you have to add energy into that person each and every appointment just say no they don't have to be your client and this is really hard especially when you're just starting out you feel like you have to be somebody else like you feel like you have to be extra bubbly around that one person or you feel like you have to be extra detail oriented for this one person or you know whatever it may be you feel like you have to be a certain person when you're taking care of their animal then they're not your ideal client. So I want you to not waste valuable energy trying to be someone that you're not, especially when you're doing something that you love. Because if you do that over and over and over again, you're going to quickly get resentful and you're also going to burn out because you're not being true to yourself. And it is very important, especially as a doctor, which is very subjective sometimes about how you would treat one case versus someone else. If they don't like how you treat their, their dog, their horse, their cat, whatever, say, okay, maybe I'm not the right provider from you go or right provider for you. Go get a second opinion. Go get a third opinion. I personally don't care if I'm not the right fit for you. That's great. Let's find someone who is, and it's no skin off my back because I don't have to mold and change myself uh, for every person that walks in the door. If they like me, they can stay with me. If they don't, there's someone else out there that's going to be an even better fit for them. So don't waste valuable energy being something for everyone because it's important to just be yourself and let the right customers gravitate towards you. So guys, This is a long rant, but this is an important rant. Boundaries are important and it's important to take care of yourself because you are an instrument when you're working on these animals. If you don't take care of your instrument, well, then you can't serve like you need to serve. So in this podcast episode, we talked about time blocking a calendar, getting your own business line, um, house call and travel fees, cancellation fees, uh, referral forms, and also being yourself. So... Um, I really recommend that you sit down with yourself, with your spouse, with your partner, or business partner, whoever it may be, decide these things ahead of time. So that way when you get into these scenarios, which you inevitably will, um, you have a playbook to follow by. You have guidelines. So that way you know what you're comfortable with and what you're not. So that way you don't just have to say yes like a doormat um, and let your morals go out the window. So... This is Dr. Katie with Making Strides for Chiropractic. This is the part of business that just sucks, um, that you have to set these uh, guidelines up ahead of time, but it's going to keep you and your business successful, and it's also going to keep you in this career long term. So if I have served you with this podcast, please let me know how I'm doing. Please scroll down on um, Apple Podcasts or however you're listening and leave me a review. Or you can join us on our Facebook group, Making Strides for Animal Chiropractic, and we'd love to have you there. We're doing some very exciting things. Um, I'm growing like crazy. I'm trying to get my website up, e-course up, e-commerce site up. And I have a lot of things working, and I can't wait to share them with you all. So uh, joining that Facebook group is the best way to find out what we're up to. And you can join us on Instagram and Facebook at Making Strides for Animal Chiro. Till next week, we'll talk soon.